0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Spot of Tea. Today, we're going to be talking about Throne of Glass series. but before we start, let's talk about hibiscus tea. Now, hibiscus tea is often considered a flower, but it's actually not a flower. It is a collection of sepals, or calyx, which is the part of a flowering plant that protects the bud and supports the petal once in bloom. Before the plant flowers, the calyx resembles a pointed bud holding the seed pod, but as it unfurls, the flowers push through the pod. So where does hibiscus come from? Hibiscus is native to West Africa, East Africa, Southeast Asia, and Northeastern India, and goes by many names. Bisop in parts of West Africa, Karkade in North Africa, specifically in Egypt, Sudan, and South Sudan, Rosella, Rosella, Grosella, and Sorel. In Indonesia, Australia, and across the Caribbean and Latin America, Mathi Puli in Kerala, Krachiap in Thailand, Luo Shenhua in China, and Flor de Jamaica in Mexico and across North America. The deep red variety is the most common of the hibiscus, but there are other colors, including beige, rose, and yellow. The only difference between flavors is that lighter colored varieties tend to be tartar and more sour. the darker variants are sweeter and more robust. So, what are some health benefits of hibiscus tea? Hibiscus tea is connected to high blood, or is connected to treating high blood pressure, and is currently being researched on how it can help with high blood pressure and cholesterol. Another common usage of hibiscus tea is weight loss. Now, hibiscus tea is not the only way in which the hibiscus plant is used. It also can be used in red sorrel, aqua de jamaica, lochen, sudan tea, sour tea, and carcata. But hibiscus tea is just an umbrella term, I guess. And it is considered an herbal tea. Now, that we've talked about tea, let's discuss throne of glass. Now, throne of glass is eight books or seven books depending upon whether you count the first book or not but either way it is seven or eight books. Throne of Glass is an interesting series in that the first book and the we're going to count the first book and the seventh book don't follow immediately with the original story so there's like one plot and then there's like those two are kind of like branches off of it and I'll go into detail when I talk more about the books but for now let's talk about my opinion on just the overview. I really enjoy these books. I remember I read them in like three weeks I want to say maybe more but they're really good and the first couple books are like 300 pages. The last book is like 700 pages. So if you are someone who's like me and who reads really fast this may be a good series. Eight pages, some of them being over 700 page books. Yeah, this was a lot of reading, but it was good. It's nice. Kept me busy for a little bit. Now let's talk about some characters. So the main character, or I guess the main main character is Aelin or Shaylana. I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I will pronounce it how I always pronounced it. Aelin is kind of the main character, and she starts off as an assassin, but then we find out that she's a princess. Oh, I will say this right now. Spoilers ahead. I would like to keep spoiler-free, but I cannot make that promise. And all episodes should contain a spoiler warning, but just so you know, there may be spoilers. And there was the first spoiler. Sorry. Aelin is um very headstrong of a character but it kind of goes with how she was raised she was raised as an assassin after she was t- ripped away from her home so i think that that headstrongness i guess if you can call it that or independence makes sense again one of my biggest pet peeves is when a character's development or a character's personality doesn't make sense but Aylin's definitely does Next, we have Kale, and he is many things. He, he is at first a good guy, and he is a good guy at the end, but he has a duality about him, of he makes bad choices, which is one of the things that I liked about this series, was that every character makes bad choices, Aelin included. Every single character makes choices that are questionable, and Kale is amongst them, and he has to wrestle through that, throughout the series and so that's just something that I really found to like and he is he's also very independent but in a different way he is very protective of those he cares about um, and yeah that kale is just an interesting character next we have Dorian he is the prince at first he seems more self-centered not quite self-centered but He seems a little naive, and he is naive, and he's very, um, out there and not out there. Throughout the series, his character development is he begins to lose that naivety and that innocence, and he really just becomes almost a new person, but with the same kind of, with the same looks. He gains a lot of trauma, and... We actually find out that his dad is not the nicest person in the planet. And so Dorian goes through a lot throughout the series and he comes out strong but also a little closed off. And he's a bit of he's a bit crazy. Um he's he's also strange. All these characters I think are strange in one way or another. Um next we have Aiden. I think that's how you're pronouncing it. Aiden? Aiden? I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyways, he is the cousin to Aiden, And he is almost my favorite character. I don't know if he's quite my favorite character, but he is close. He's very close. He is so funny because he's such a sarcastic character. But he also has this caring side to him that most people don't see, but as we see throughout the show, or er, books, sorry, I'm thinking ahead in my life, but anyways, he, throughout the books, becomes more caring, and we see how he truly cares for the people around him, particularly alan He is fiercely protective of alan which is one of his defining characteristics, is he's fiercely loyal. Next we have Rowan, um, he is, I don't really know how to explain Rowan, he's one of those characters you just can't explain, because there's so much to talk about, um, Rowan, I don't know how I felt about Rowan, um, I think they could have not had Rowan in the series, Sarah J. Moss could have not had Rowan in the series, and I would have, not noticed or really cared. I know Rowan does have a lot of people who like him, but I just didn't really have an opinion on him. He's very stock character-ish. He's also pretty closed off at first, and he begins to really fall for alan and yes, those two end up together. Or, they have a relationship throughout. I'll try not to spoil the very end, but I may have just spoiled it on accident. But anyways, um, Rowan and Aelin end up together. I like that. They're really, they're actually kind of cute together. Next we have Fenris. I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember this character very well. I only remember bits and pieces, and I mostly remember that he was pretty sarcastic, which I like sarcastic characters. So I don't know why I don't remember this character. Part of it could be that he just, other than sarcasm, he doesn't really have any other really qualities. Um, he too is kind of stockish, stalkery character. Not a character that stalks people, but he seems like he's just a rigid character and like he doesn't really go anywhere or do anything. In regards to character development, I should be... He does do stuff. He just doesn't do any character development really. And so I just didn't, I don't really remember much about him other than he was sarcastic. Next we have Maeve. She's the queen. She is, I actually find her funny because she's such a, I don't really care about anything. Just don't bother me. And if you come into my land, I don't care. Or She does really care, actually. She says she doesn't care, but she's very, does care. And so Maeve just, she doesn't mind that the world is ending. She's like, eh, it's just in the background. I have better things to do with my life. And I just find that very interesting, because she's just such a funny character to me. Next we have Manon, or Manon if you're my friend who mispronounced it, Manon. I should call her that from now on. Um, Manon and Dorian are the main pairing, and they're an interesting pair. Manon Manon is a witch, um, and she is believed to be a very good witch. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, not, like, morally good. I mean, like, she does her job well. Um... And so she moves through that sphere, but then finds out something important. Again, trying to avoid major spoilers. Not doing a great job. Manon finds out something, and her whole life is turned upside down. And then she meets Dorian, and once again, her whole life is turned upside down. And so her whole character development is trying to come to terms with herself, almost. And so that is her whole character development arc, which is kind of cool. Next we have Lysandra. Lysandra is not remarkable in that her character is like this, like Manon or Aelin or Dorian, where like they have a lot of vibrant characteristics. But Lysandre's character is that she makes a lot of choices for different reasons. Mm-hmm. She's kind of unpredictable. And when I first read, because, again, I try to think about what, how I felt when I first read these characters and first met these characters. At first, she was kind of spoiled. And, you know, she kind of went through life, you know, silver spoon in her mouth. And then something happened and she no longer had that silver spoon. And so she gained an appreciation for things. And so her character development was more of learning how to survive, I want to say, but not quite. She's another character it's hard to explain without spoiling. And I'm not doing a great job, so. Anyways, finally. The final character we'll talk about is urine urine is kind of kale's love interest they meet on a boat well they meet on the boat in tower of dawn um which i'll talk about tower of dawn because that's an interesting book um they meet and they're trying to get back to aelin and their whole crew and they end up falling for each other so but surely and at first, throughout the whole book, Kale is like, I don't want help. Yurin is like, fine. And then throughout, they begin to learn to trust and help each other. And so that's her whole character is learning how to trust. Now that we've talked about characters, let's talk about books. So I don't know how I'm going to talk about this first book without spoiling anything, because it just, it's, it would be impossible So Assassin's Blade is five stories. It's not just one story, it's five. Which is why I say it's not always included as a story. But for our intents and purposes, it is. So Assassin's Blade is five smaller stories. um, And they're kind of Aelin's life before Throne of Glass. Like a precursor. And so, those whole books... Actually, I can't talk about it without spoiling it. Those whole stories are just her meeting some characters prematurely and forming relationships prematurely. So it kind of gives you a, a, a look. The next book is Throne of Glass. There's a lot more to talk about in Throne of Glass because a lot happens in Throne of Glass. I could spend hours talking about each book, but I will not because that is a long time to talk. And I'm sure you guys don't actually want to hear me talk for two hours. So Throne of Glass is the the first official book. And it starts off kind of slow, you know, things don't kind of, don't really pick up. Or the plot doesn't really pick up until later in the story, chapter, I want to say 12 or 13. Um, And then the plot begins to pick up. And one of the funny things about Throne of Glass is that it does feel like an introduction. Assassin's Blade is good, but it feels like it's more of an aside. Oh, here's how this happened. Just so you know, for future reference. Throne of Glass feels like the first, like this is where the story actually starts. And it's a good start. It's well written. Sarah J. Maas did a great job writing it, which is what I just said. I'm a little bit redundant today. If you hadn't noticed. Um, and it's, this book focuses, again, they all focus mostly on it. So what this story, what Throne of Glass is about, is about, um, it's kind of a bit of a detective mystery as well as a fantasy. I don't know why I said detective mystery. But she has to investigate as to why all the people are dying. There goes that spoiler warning again. I need to just say it at the beginning of every episode, just in case. But so, anyways, she is trying to investigate all the while, strange things are happening. Um, we find out more about Dorian and Kale and their lives. Um, and And things are beginning to come together, and by the end, things come together, and everything seems like it's going to go okay. Going into the next book, Crown of Midnight, Um, a lot of things start picking up. This story went a little more faster paced. Um, A lot happens in the 300 pages, I think. Um, But the main point is that Aelin is continuing to be free, but also trying to figure out what is going on because she found out that something has happened to magic and she's trying to figure out what happened to the magic how can I return magic and so Dorian also is going through a little bit of a crisis because he finds out he does have magic and it's beginning to show up and he's like um that's not good because although magic isn't illegal no one really knows what to think of magic and so everyone um no so he's a little scared because he has magic and everyone else is like eh and then towards the end of the book like a bunch of things happen Dorian finally tells Aelin hey I got magic Aelin's like ah wait what um Kale and Aelin keep Dorian out of the loop Which I think is the dumbest mistake they could have made. Um, just my opinion though. Um, and then Aelin actually leaves, which kind of results in the next books of problems. Um, Crown of Midnight. I will say this as just an aside. I don't remember much of Crown of Midnight. It wasn't. It was a good book, but it just didn't stand out in regards to plot. It just felt like it was a continuation. Makes sense. After that aside, let's talk about Air of Fire. Air of Fire is a lot longer. There's a big jump between Crown of Midnight and Air of Fire. Like a visible difference between how many pages there are. Air of Fire, Aelin's gone. She goes to the Land of the Fairies where she meets some people. And she also meets Rowan. And Rowan is beginning to get interested but not at first like at first they're cold to each other and alien's like you're so mean and then rowan begins to fall in love and they begin to fall in love with each other and they become mates which i think we all know what mates are so next we have queen Queen of shadows oh one thing to say about air of fire before i forget in air of fire dorian also falls in love with someone and, uh, well, the king does something to her and puts a collar on Dorian. So. Queen of Shadows. Aelin comes back, I'm trying to think. Because I don't remember Queen of Shadows as well. Aelin and Rowan are still working. Kale is trying to figure out how to free Dorian. Dorian is slowly losing, losing it. Um, and he is really lost and no one knows if dorian is even still in there because what happens is they put the collar around his neck and he's like possessed still don't quite understand how that one works but we'll let it go and so he's like possessed and dorian knows that something's wrong but he just he doesn't know what's wrong Game. Okay. And then next we have Empire of Storms. Empire of Storms is the most chaotic book. Other than Kingdom of Ash, which Kingdom of Ash I expected to be chaotic. Empire of Storms is so chaotic because there are like 15 different things going on. So I'm gonna see if I can get all of them. So, Dorian. Dorian is freed. But he also releases all the magic. So everyone now has, well, everyone who was born with magic now has magic again. So that's interesting. You have Aelin doing her sideshow. Well, her main show. But whatever she's doing, Aelin and Rowan are looking for the keys. We meet Lysandra again. Lysandra is joining with random people. Um, I didn't talk, did I talk about Aleda? I did. Sorry, I don't remember everyone I talked about. No, I didn't. I didn't talk about Alita, but she got, they kind of joined forces for a little bit. Um, Fenris is there doing his thing. There's just so much going on in this book. This book was the easiest and hardest to read. It was the easiest in that I was never bored. It was the hardest to read in that I had to sometimes reread in order to be like, wait, who are we talking about again? Ah, yes. Wait, which one is that? And it doesn't help that some of the names sound super similar and look super similar. So that was fun. Tower of Dawn. Tower of Dawn is mostly about Kale and and Urene. This is the book that kind of one-offs, and it's like a branch. Like, here's what Kale and Urene were doing while Empire of Storms was happening. And so it's their story about how they met and everything that they went through during that time. And then Kingdom of Ash, everyone comes back together. And again, it's the last book, so it's chaotic by default. Um, I won't spoil too much and I won't talk too much about Ta- Kingdom of Ash. All I'll say is that it's an interesting book and that it's a good conclusion to the story. I definitely felt like it was a good conclusion. So now that we've talked about each of the books, let's talk about who should be reading these books. I am going to make a, a hard line at 13. 13 and under, well, 12 and under, probably shouldn't read it. 13 and over. 13 to 15, I'd be hesitant, but I mean that when I think it just depends. And then 16 and up. And the reason I say that is because there is more adult, or not adult, mature themes, um, and there is mentions of more explicit material, not explicit, explicit, but there is more sexual things, and it is a young adult book, young adult fantasy, and so I'm not terribly surprised, it's not bad, and it's certainly not something that is front and center, so it's not horrible, it's just, I would say, 13 to 15 should be hesitant, 12 and under, definitely no, 16 and up, you're good. Um, next week, I do not, I will not be posting an episode because it's, it's a short week. I will be busy most of the week, so I won't have any time to film, or record. But then the week after that, I will be having a special guest talking about the show Merlin. And believe me, we will have a lot to say. And the tea for the Merlin episode is Silver Needle White Without further ado, thank you for listening, enjoy your day, and see you in two weeks.